0: To ensure RaceFuels customers can have next-day delivery, our stock of Racing Fuels is warehoused all across Australia and New Zealand. fuel stock is available by distribution points in Sydney, Brisbane, Perth and Auckland. And of course our head office is based in Dandenong, Melbourne. RaceFuels distribute and deliver the drums to your workshop, tune house or racetrack. So even if you're in lockdown, we can get your fuel to you. Find out more at racefuels.com.au Two of the very best operators parked up in the garage. Wow, it's been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are
1: two parts of the story. as
0: all yes. red flag. This is a
2: suspended uh. race.
0: Hello, everyone. It's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rolly, joined by Tony Dalberto, and we're off and running for episode number seventy-one of our nice little
2: podcast. TD, how the hell are you? I am bloody good, mate. Thanks for asking, but to be honest, uh, you know it's been a rough couple of weeks in lockdown. Mm-hmm. It's just been announced we're going to have another couple. Mm. God, damn mm-hmm. God
0: damn it! it! And sounds like they're, no they're really getting strict on the the movements that the mm. uh, Melbournians are have having uh, curfews and all these things. That uh, oh, come it, on, come on, mate.
2: Twenty twenty
0: point two. This is you're a parent.
2: You're a parent. So these curfews mean absolutely nothing to you. <laughs> yeah, you got oh, to be I at d- home I d- before nine o'clock d- at night. Well, oh, that's right. Mate, I'm no, almost no, in yeah. bed. No, you're right.
0: You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. They they mean nothing. And uh, look, we're not even the ones who are in the uh, gravest danger at the moment. It's it's the old Sydney siders who were uh, coping at oh, the worst. Big time.
2: They reckon that um Sydney, I mean this is I'm I'm basing this off rumor and other people's opinion. No no one of any uh you know quality or anything like that. But <laughs> they reckon uh November is the earliest you'll see Sydney come out of lockdown.
0: Mm, yep. Well hopefully by then we're up to that seventy percent. Um, vaccination. Uh, vaccination, which is the only thing that could possibly get it. I think that's, I think the vaccination is the only thing that's really going to get us out of the lockdown so we can sort of get back to some normality or the new normal, whatever it's going to be. I actually went and got my second jab today, Tony D. Pfizer Did number you? two in the arm. So I am absolutely good to go. Just uh, book me on the next flight to Los Angeles. Let's go.
2: Yeah, right. I've had my first jab um, last mm-hmm. week how did you pull up from yours
0: my first one I didn't even feel but r- right now I'm only about three or four hours into my uh, the effects of the second one so I it feels no I, I feel absolutely nothing absolutely would I didn't even feel the thing go in I think it maybe no. it's the large size of my man guns that um, <laughs> You know, it just obviously was a lot stronger than that little needle the lady put in. Man, you get asked so many questions when you go in for the jab too. So many questions. Mm, mm, mm. Have you got this? Have you had this? Yeah, you get
2: interrogated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything um, except my. I had club. a dead arm. <laughs> I had a bit of a dead arm the next day, yep. um, but besides yeah, that, same. all good. All good. Yeah. It's, yeah, apparently
0: with the Pfizer, of the second jab knocks you around a little bit, takes a little while to come through. So, yeah, if you don't hear from me tomorrow, it's because I'm, I'm in a world of hurt. But, you're going to be uh, parked up. I will. I might be. I might be. Um, so, uh, but I think it, uh, it should be okay. And uh, old, young uh, Heath who works here at the Mighty Network R's, he, uh, he, he had his first jab the other day. Yeah, right. And got completely knocked around. He had a bit of the AZ action.
2: He had some AZ ah. and, that,
0: and that killed him. Number one, absolutely knocked him through. I was trying to make him work all day Saturday. There's no races going on. There was no need to ask him to do any work. But I thought, oh, let's, let's just work this guy to the bone. See how much <laughs> flesh I could get. Um, <laughs> uh, and he couldn't do anything. He was gone. <clears throat> I wasn't yeah, making right. him work on a
2: on a uh, lockdown Saturday, just FYI. Yeah, but you've got so much work on. Network R is... Uh... Is flying, even though we've got no car racing on. How do you, <laughs> right. how, how do, you do it, mate? How do you do it? Hey, um, yeah. speaking of, we should we should get onto a bit of car racing because we've got a very special guest today, and we always have special guests, Grant. But mm-hmm. um, Jack Perkins is going to join us for the second time. We've actually had him on Parked Up Podcast before.
0: Well, I reckon it was you, like you can episode actually... like
2: five or six or something,
0: and I don't think anyone was listening back then.
2: Well, I was going to say you can actually go back. Um, if you visit our website, parkedup.com.au, you can actually find the episode and mm. you know, just see what he was doing back then and, and maybe compare the chats. I don't know. Maybe give us some <laughs> feedback, um, but we're going to catch up with one, Jack today. This one
0: will be better. This one will be better because I know what we were like in those early episodes. We were rubbish. We were rubbish broadcasters. Now wow. we are
2: like professionals. I think our internet's still just as crappy, but um, yeah, we're probably getting a little bit better. So Jack will join us. We've got a lot to cover though. So I think it's gonna be quite a long interview. And thankfully, because we don't actually have that much news to talk about, but there is a little bit, a little Mm -hmm. bit of news. So should we bowl into it?
0: Let's go. Here's the news. Okay, this is the news. The news is brought to you by motorsportwebsites.com.au, as Tony was talking about. The Parked Up website is made and created by our friends at motorsportwebsites.com.au, so go and check those out. Leading off in the news, Tony Dean, it's something that affects you and your racing and your number 50 Honda Civic Type R TCR car. We won't be racing at Sandown, which is a massive shame the event has been cancelled by motorsport australia which is a uh, which is a real shame because if you wind the clock back 2 years when we were racing at sandown in september the last time we did a tcr round there it was also the start of the s5000 championship and it was a there was just a terrific race meeting it was a, there was a fantastic buzz around with the start of s5000 tcr was you know really starting to kick some goals and there was an international driver who actually joined wall racing that weekend, Nesta Hiralami, uh, who drove for your team, absolutely dominated everybody. Uh, and, it and it just his. feels like it just feels like so long ago that that was the case. But we don't get to go to Sandow, which is a shame, but they're going to do a really unique thing by having two events crushed into three days over at the bend in mid October, so a lot of racing to be run at the Bend, which kind of sounds good. What's your take on? Obviously, I know you'll be disappointed. There's no Sandown because it's the one race where you don't have to pay for any accommodation. You don't have to deal with any of that. You can go back and stay at the comfort of your own home. Um, that is We true. will have to we will have to go to the Bend, but they're going to cram two race meetings
2: into the one three day thing. What's your thoughts? I think racing at the bend is a great idea. I, I thoroughly enjoy going to the bend. I just wanted to wind it back a little bit though, because when I received that uh, press release,
1: um, mm-hmm.
2: you started out. And when I say you, I assume you wrote it. Did mm-hmm. you write it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So you, you started out talking about how TCR are going to have a double round at tail and bend. And I was like another round of the championship. You beauty. How Perfect. good? Yep. Great. And then I'm started, glad you were happy. I, and then I kept reading, kept reading, third or fourth paragraph down. Oh, but Sandown's cancelled. Like yeah. you got my hopes up, mate. I was thinking <coughs> we're going to do more rounds now. The back end of this year is going to be absolutely crazy. And now you've just crushed them.
0: I've given Crushed yeah that. but now I've now you're the mid you've got an extra break you've got slightly longer break before you go double <laughs> double rounding and look I having know, the I'm extra absolutely
2: break absolutely worn out
0: <laughs> having the extra break no one wants and we all want to go to Sandow. Cause it's a great venue and it's like 20 minutes from our house. So um, <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. But uh, yeah, just these times, I guess it's a real shame. So yeah, it's um, not,
2: it's not surprising whatsoever, especially with what's going on in Sydney, but also in Melbourne, you know, we've, we've already touched on that. We're going into a further lockdown. So it was, it was probably looking unlikely anyway. And I think it's good to get on the front foot, you know, uh, secure tail and bend for a double round. And uh, get some racing over there. It is a little bit of a shame though, because that's a that's a home round for me. I can bring the kiddies and the wife. They can come and watch and and cheer cheer me on. But um, now we just have to have a little holiday over to the the bend, like a holiday resort really. So I'm sure Steph and the kids will love to come. They really will. I'm sure.
0: Well, that's last sarcasm, time you went, by to... the way,
2: <clears throat> last time you went to the bend. Yep. You
0: had to leave, like you crossed the line, you'd just wrapped up second place in the TCR Australia series.
2: 50 grand, thanks.
0: 50K in the yep. bank. And like you fled the scene like you had just robbed the bank. Did you, did you go to Matt Braid or John McMillan or someone and steal the 50 grand out of their back pocket and just like you had, you just, you, you had to leave very
2: quickly? I did, I did because Steph was about to pop And uh, I was a bit anxious being over there and being so far away from the family. I literally had my car ready to go and I jumped in and drove all night, basically. I think I got back about midnight, but you do these things, Grant, when uh, in those times when your wife's about to pop and the adrenaline's pumping and all those sorts of things. So it was a bit of fun, but um, yeah, not this time. There's no babies coming, but no, very much looking forward to it. It'll be a huge weekend. Do you know the format just yet? um i do not i do not okay.
0: but you'll okay. probably ra- you'll definitely be racing saturday and sunday maybe yep. you might even race on friday but um i guess there's a lot of lot of uh, lot of things to deal with with race schedules and tv broadcasting stuff so uh we'll save some of those news stories for a rainy day and
2: at the yeah. moment we've got lots of rainy days can i just be like a little bit negative for five seconds <laughs> uh, actually, it could, it could be very positive. It could be very positive. But go, go for it. Well, the way the BOP is in TCR, you mm-hmm. could roll up to t- to tail and bend and have an absolute rocket ship under you, and dominate two rounds worth. Yes. Two rounds worth. Or you could have a BOP like we had at Simmons Plains, and have two very miserable rounds. Cool. Well, so that's something you need about to do. Category. What you you need
0: to do, what you need to do is call up all your little Honda mates in all the other TCR series that are operating around the world (laughs) and get them to, to absolutely slow down, dog it. They need to dog it for, for, uh, for a couple of weeks. And um, if they do that, then you'll be in good nick. Anyway,
2: something to think about. Okay. Okay. What's next? what, 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 what racing happened on the weekend?
0: Uh, well, we had some, there is some racing, and let's talk about that very soon. But first, of all, I'd like to talk about uh, some supercars testing at Queensland Raceway. Russell Wingle and Brock Feeney were buzzing around in the super cheap auto Commodore. No, uh, no race livery yet for that car. It was nice to just see some cars out on the on the track getting, um, getting some track time, which is uh, few and far between here in Australia.
2: Yeah, so I don't know. Did, why, you, read, why are they did doing you read a different livery? Why wouldn't they just well, leave that livery? It looks so good like that. Just plain. It, super is, the, cheap.
0: it is the largest super cheap auto yeah. sticker, I think, in the history of the world.
2: Well, they're paying the bills, so whatever. It looks good. It looks really good. Okay. You know, the, what you? I hope they don't do some busy livery for Bathurst and it looks. Yeah, crap.
0: There'll have to be. There'll be tons of other sponsors which we'll jump on. You know what Russell's like. Russell will have been. He'll be <laughs> selling this. He'll be selling. This is his. La- this is. It's.
2: I don't want. Is it, it though? Is it his last? Is it his last, last? I'm not sure. I don't, think Who so. knows? I don't think so. Who knows? I tell you They've what got- though. It's a. It's a bloody good opportunity for Russell and for Brock because, you know, that, that car will be as good as the main cars, and they're getting the opportunity to do quite a bit of testing up that way. So. They'll they'll probably go into this, uh, to the Bathurst 1000 more prepared than than a lot of pairings. So, yeah, it's looking good for those guys. Great. Okay. Yeah. Russell Wingle has done more V8 supercar laps this year than you have. 100%. He has. 100%. It's so a that's real okay, shame, isn't it? He's got a bit of catching up to
0: do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll figure it all when you go up Mountain straight for the first time. You'll be fine. Absolutely. No dramas. Uh, uh, speaking of Bathus, there was a a bit of a bung fight that that has sort of happened oh, between yeah. the last time that we did a podcast, and it only just resolved itself uh, with the supercars date and the challenge Bathus guys getting pretty upset about how that that, that new date for the one thousand, the fourth to seventh of November, kind of landed. At a, um, at a time that the Challenge Bathurst guys didn't like. So the, the new 1000 date was a week before the Challenge Bathurst date, and it was in some contracts that the Challenge Bathurst guys were able to have access to the circuit weeks beforehand. Uh, and originally it was agreed, and then it was not agreed. And it did get really nasty there for a little bit, and I don't know um, how it got as far as it did, but it has been resolved and everyone shook hands and they're, they're all going to get on with it. But um, I don't know, maybe it's just a byproduct of the fact that um, we don't have any racing and people are, are frustrated or, or what have you, or, or maybe people just. It's it a power really struggle, sure. mate,
2: an absolute power struggle. And like, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of it. Okay. All I know is Australian motorsport is freaking battlin'. Like we just don't need all this other crap going on in the background. We just need to get up and running again. And if that means that two parties just have to, you know, chat about things and, and make things happen for the betterment of Australian motorsport, then that's what should happen. Not all this arguing and, oh, it's within my contract and two weeks and all this bullshit. Like let's just go racing, man. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, it looks like that's going to be the case. Let's hope, let's hope that we can actually go and have a great race in November uh, at the Bathurst 1000 Challenge Bathurst. Look, it's, I'm sure it's a great event. I've actually never, I've never been to it. Certainly great for grassroots, uh, great for the experience of driving around Bathurst, which is essentially what it is. And it definitely deserves its place. I guess the uh, thing in our hearts is that we need uh, we need that one thousand to run. We do. as best as best it can. So uh, it we seems definitely. like they've uh, they've they've recovered the situation. Uh, now the big question is, you know, how many people are going to be able there going to be able to go and be part of it? You know, will we have crowds? Will there be camping? Will there be support categories that won't be affected by border closures
2: and and all of that? It's all way out of our hands. So um, yeah, to be honest, and I don't. You know, we just need to make sure the event runs. We work out all that stuff out later and we won't know until um, closer to the event. I think the Bathurst International is still a very important event, um, especially um, for people that want to get experience around Bathurst, um, that want to do a little bit of testing before, you know, if we had the Bathurst 12 hour the following year um, or a big event like that, it is, a, it is a very important event. So I think it'd be fantastic if that can still run. Um, and I say that because um, I'm probably going to drive a couple of cars at that event. So if that could right. run too, that'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> right.
0: Cool. And of course you said, you said Bathurst international, you meant challenge Bathurst. There is a lot of Bathurst races. Oh, sorry. Because that's sorry. okay. Two weeks after, no, no, it's fine. Two weeks after challenge Bathurst is the Bathurst international, which um, you will definitely so have some TCR to do to finish off your championship. There's also a GT race there, Tony D. Yep. Now, will you just if 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 everything goes ahead, are you gonna see if you can get yourself in a GT car for that one?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually He's on the market,
0: um, everyone. He's on the market. He's ready to go. Lock I him actually, in.
2: I, I got offered to do uh, the Bathurst GT race at Easter time and I didn't do it because I wanted to concentrate on my TCR stuff. And that went horrible for me. So if I got the opportunity again i would 100 percent take it so there you go
0: okay lock him in let's talk about some actual racing none of which was happening here in australia It was plenty happening overseas with some uh, australians involved the latest round of indycar and nascar came together and they did a road course race around the famous indianapolis motor speedway heaps of stuff going on indycar was great for the aussies with will power taking the win uh scott mclaughlin uh tried to launch his car into space on the first lap of the race jumping over a big curb but then in the nascar race that same curb wiped out about 10 people at the end it of the did. race
2: i, I it was think huge. scotty actually um dislodged the curb because uh those nascars when they come around and you know one hit it dislodged it a bit more the next one hit it and the next minute, there's cars firing into the fence. It was absolutely chaos. But, like, literally writing these things off, it wasn't just like they went off into the grass and kept going, Um, like big shunts, big, big mm. shunts. Do you remember? Do you remember? It just made me think about when we went to Shanghai and Mark Winterbottom um, ran over a grate that got yes. dislodged and, it like, sliced his car open. Mm. He was very mm. lucky that day. Absolutely. Yeah, the-
0: the uh, yeah, that thing was poking up just right near his bottom. <laughs>
2: it but seriously
0: just... was, it destroyed the car. Destroyed the car. And a poor old great copped it as well. But mm. um, uh, Mark Winterbottom was lucky to escape that without being cut in half. It was an absolute joke. Mm. We have seen those tires. With the NASCAR curb issue, which is, I guess, what we're talking about here, we have seen similar things in supercars, not not just about that great issue that Winterbottom faced, but I think it was at the Gold Coast race where there was a spike that was cutting a whole bunch of tyres. I think um, that might have been an issue once upon a time.
2: Those back curbs at the Gold Coast are just an issue every single time we go there. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, sometimes the bolts stick up. And they end up puncturing the tire uh, on those big, big curbs. But um just getting back to IndyCar while we're talking about uh, the American side of things. Mm-hmm. What?
0: No, no. Let's. We're just going oh. back and forward between conversations. It's. uh It's no good. Uh, it's a wild ride for our listeners. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we've run over the curb.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: so let's just go back to IndyCar for a second, Grant, because we didn't get to chat too much about Scotty Mac's weekend. Really a poor qualifying set-up, a weekend uh, that was good for him to have. It seems to be just the Achilles heel at the moment, that, that qualifying pace. What do you think he's got to do to try and keep his confidence high right now?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I guess just go a little faster would be a great starting point. <laughs> Do you think if I told him that, that would impress him? Uh, where have you been my whole US career, Grant? I need you in my box.
2: Get off! I've the got to say, when, when someone from like corporate or something um, that's had too many beers in the, at the race meeting goes, what, what, what's going on? Like, you know, why don't you just break a bit less or accelerate a bit earlier? And it's like, mate, if it was <laughs> that easy, everyone would be doing it. So no, I don't think he'd appreciate those comments, but seriously, um, he seems to have very good race pace, but that quality pace is just, you know, it must be very difficult to unlock.
0: Yeah, and for sure. And look, it'll come, it'll come. If the race pace is there, it's just maximizing that green tire, understanding how the car works or what he needs, what he needs from it. It honestly, it sounds like the simple problems because the the simple rookie things that he that he's dealing with we all know that he can get the job done he's a fantastic yeah. race car driver we've seen it Absolutely. not not just in in supercars we've seen him do great things in other categories as well we know he will be able to adapt this is the biggest challenge that he has ever had to deal with and i think he's showing all the signs that that he will eventually get there i reckon where he might find that little bit of extra confidence is when we get back on the ovals, we saw that he was fantastic, uh, early in the season on, on those ovals. We haven't had many of them since, and we're about to come up to a few more now. So that might be the, the leveler that he needs to get a little bit more out of himself. Um, when he jumps back on those road courses.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it'll be interesting to see. Um, now the other thing that I've been noticing um, in this break mm-hmm. um, is it the length of my hair. Yes, it in, needs a, yeah, needs to be cut. Yes, yes. No, we're all looking a bit shabby. If there's uh, no. any,
0: if there's any hairdressers out there who wouldn't mind doing just like a a legal little sneak over, they can wear a face mask. No, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. Get Deer to do it. I don't think. No, no, no. She cut it once before. It was during last year's lockdown. I asked her to cut it and she butchered it so bad that we walked over to your mum's house and your mum fixed it for me.
2: Yeah. And when you say fixed, um, it must have been quite bad. So no, oh, it was, no, nah, it, nah, it was cooked. It was, yeah. it was terrible.
0: I, I had, I wore a hat. I don't wear a hat very often. I wore a hat <laughs> walking from my house to your mum's
2: house. No, I was just going to comment though on the amount of um, drivers at the moment that are just on holidays, in especially in Formula One land, they're on their um, summer yeah, break. Summer and break, they're yep. all just like getting on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, like on the beers? Oh, yeah, I think so. Good on them. Yeah, I didn't think Formula One drivers did that. I thought it was just straighty 180. No,
0: nah, well, they've had a, they're having a bit of an extended break. I saw Max Verstappen put up a photo on Instagram um, with the arm around. Uh, future Mrs. Verstappen, and uh, he'd said break about to be over, so uh, they must be coming to the end of their little summer uh, summer loving, and uh, <laughs> about to get uh, real serious again, which will be good because um, I think the Formula One title was really getting to that uh, nice tasty uh, tasty bit where eleven mm. rounds in. The battle between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen is something that I think we should all be looking forward to. And um, about time they got off their holidays, off the beers and back in the race cars.
2: Mm. See, the world of social media these days, you can't hide anything. and well, I saw you can,
0: you just don't no, take a photo of it.
2: No, but when someone else takes a photo and posts it and goes, I'm with Lando Norris just on the beers, basically. Yep. The whole world knows about it. So anyway, um, good good on them for having a bit of fun while we're stuck down here in Melbourne, locked up. Yeah, we're doing we, 20, like, twenty cases. We need we need them to go car racing so we actually have a show to talk about <laughs> um, and to keep us entertained on the weekends.
0: Hey, we have got a great show. We have got a great show. Uh, oh, this one it's not too bad. Might not be our best, but anyway, talking about not <laughs> taking photos of themselves. Um, This guy who we've got on the line, or about to get on the line right now, his name's Jack Perkins, he's not one for oversharing too much. Now he had a little uh, complication some years back, which has only just come to light in the last, uh, over the weekend, there's a news report by James Phelps in the Daily Telegraph about how Jack suffered a stroke back in 2016. Which was a complication that we will ask him about in the, in this in this chat, but no one knew about it. It's been five years since that happened, and Jack had kept it under his little Perkins Engineering hat. So, uh, without further ado, let's get it into our chat with Jack Perkins. He's the son of Larry Perkins. He's driving for Erebus Motorsport with Will Brand in the endurance races this year, and if he's not doing all of that. He is a commentator for the Seven Network, both for ARG and Supercars events. He's on Parked Up. We're powered by Race Fuels. This is Jack Perkins. And it's great to have Jack Perkins back on the Parked Up podcast. Jack, mate, I'd called you last week to, to come on and you'd said, yeah, no worries. You, there was another conflict with another podcast you're doing some stuff on, but then your name has landed in our in our news, in in news the news cycle as well. So timely to have you on. Thanks, thanks for coming.
1: Hey, I got a bit more notice than last time. Last time you texted me about three minutes before and said, <laughs> come on, this time you give me at least a couple of days. So no, <laughs> good, good to catch up, boys.
2: Thank you. We're getting you. better. Yeah. It's only episode 71. And uh, finally, we actually organize our guests a couple of hours before at least. We're getting better.
1: Are you up to 71 episodes? That's right. Flat out. Good work. We not only
0: weekly. missed a couple of weeks over Christmas, I think, was probably all we missed. Not bad, That's not, good <laughs> not bad. <laughs> we needed to have a little bit of time off to recharge. Uh so Jack, the uh, the news came out over the weekend that there was um some complications with your health uh, quite a few years back and you've obviously had some time to to deal with that um you know having a stroke at any time for whatever reason is just no good just wind the clock back and tell us what was happening on on that day some of the things that you were experiencing and and how it's affected your life since
1: yeah it's um sort of something obviously that i've lived with for a while and you know i'm I'm not the kind of person that i don't share my whole life with everyone so You know, when I go into hospital, my first thing to do is not take a selfie and whip it up on Instagram, (laughs) and kind of just work out what's what the issues are, and just work through them and get on with life. And you know, for me, motor racing's been a fantastic motivator to not just be healthy, but to make sure that nothing's getting in the way of what you want to do in life. And um, yeah, it was back in 2016, um, around about May, I woke up. kind of with a dead arm um, you know most people probably familiar with when you you sleep on your arm you know your head rests on your arm or something and you lose a bit of that blood flow and you get that feeling I, I had that but um, kind of from the fingers right up to the elbow and uh, it was a it was kind of a worse of feeling um, like a bit of a paralysis actually and um, you know not thinking much of it just went to work and started working and then realized, you know, me, me arm hadn't got any better and what, what, what's that all about? So I took myself to hospital and um, yeah, you know, hours and hours of testing and things and meeting various doctors. Um, it, it, it had occurred to me that after a lot of diagnosis and kind of working through what had happened was I'd had a, about a one centimeter um, blood clot on the brain, which is, which is a stroke. There's two kinds of stroke and that's, that's one of them and um and that was it so we spent a lot of time then in hospital making sure there was not going to be any more initial repetition or complications and then kind of try and work through what caused it so over a period of i think i was about 12 or 15 days in hospital we kind of established that it was three uh likely scenarios that caused um, the blood clot one is that i got diabetes two was that my cholesterol was high which you know a lot of people associate with eating bad foods Well, I know I don't eat bad foods, but I've since found out that it's, you know, can be an hereditary thing. And the third one was um, that I had a enlarged hole in my heart, which to be honest is not uncommon. We're all born with a hole in the heart. And in 75% of the population, it actually closes over, but 25% it doesn't. Um, Most of the 25% people in life can kind of get on and cause no issues, but um, you know, this was, a scenario that, that because mine was quite a lot bigger than normal that uh, when the blood is in the bottom two chambers of the heart and the heart's beating it can cause sh- the, the shunting can cause like a spike in the airline kind of like brake fluid in a brake line and that's what the, the clot becomes it ends up on your brain and then and causes um the you know the effect of the paralysis of the hand
2: JP, just uh, tell us uh, how it's actually affected your life going forward, as far as being a race driver as well. Um, obviously, things do change, and you've got to take some precautions.
1: Yeah, well, f- for me, um, you know, it was kind of uh, it. It was almost ten years since I'd been diagnosed with type one, and it was kind of like shit. This is all happening all over again. A bit of a life-changing event, and you know, at 29, even in your thirties, forties, you don't, you know, if unless it's happened in your family, you don't kind of understand what it all means. So you start to educate yourself on what's happened and, 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 you know, you just start learning something that you, you know, you may not have learned much about before. And, and for me, the, the moment where it became really serious is when the neurologist in hospital said that I could cash in my life insurance. And, and that's because a lot of stroke people, um, shouldn't say people stroke victims um, find themselves not being able to go back to work. And then that's why they say you can cash in your life insurance because your, your ability to go to work and earn money for the rest of your life might be in jeopardy. And I mean, the dollar amounts quite an attractive proposition, but for me, motor racing's kind of worth more than the money. So, um, you know, I wanted to keep going to work and keep racing and just sort of set about making sure that my team around me, the health, um, uh, healthcare professionals um, the specialists and everyone were happy with what I was doing and happy with going racing and happy with with um, getting on with it and once I was able to finish all the rehabilitation and getting my hand strength back and all that kind of stuff um, thankfully I haven't had any side effects um, we, we went in for a procedure to fix the hole in the heart which is um, a, a, a heart procedure where they, they place a, a, a bit of metal in the hole and it kind of put a couple of washers on either side and selastic it up and, and then the holes all kind of locked up. So uh, that's called a PFO closure, which, which I had, which was an interesting thing. And um, yeah, thankfully I've just kind of been able to get on with it. And, and, you know, they, they suggest that the side effects are minimal and hopefully we just, you know, keep on top, keep living healthy and, and doing all the right things. You
2: did do a very good job of keeping that quiet. I mean, I, I knew nothing about that whatsoever. Um, Cause you know, you kept racing the whole time. It wasn't sort of a, a, a change in that side of things so um was it what time of year was it was it leading up to enduros did you miss any racing do we do we just sort of miss it ourselves
1: um i just i I think it was around about may i was meant to go to the indy 500 um and i didn't go um must have been around about that time so yeah that's may um yeah big big breaks in the calendar when you're when you're a co-driver that time of year um but you know i i i kind of I say it, it was secret, but it, because I just didn't need to tell people that didn't kind of need yeah. to know. I mean, the medical yeah. team knew, um, um, all my, my, my friends and family, I guess knew, um, because, you know, I'd spent quite a lot of time in hospital. Um, but, uh, I, I guess, um, you know, and then we, you know, when, when, when it was, uh, time to to keep my my, my license and things obviously um, you know you need to be transparent with your conditions which we were and submitted all those documents so when I say not many people knew there was still quite a lot of people that would have known in, in the hierarchy if you like but um, yeah I just choose to keep it to myself and just get on with it and you know straight away I knew that I needed to prove to myself that I was fit enough and got the strength back in my arms so I got back in the sports sedan maybe a month or two after and won three races, got a lap record at Winton. Um, so, you know, felt like I hadn't sort of forgotten how to drive and then maintain the fitness, picked picked out a fun run in Melbourne, which was 10Ks. And, you know, if anyone had seen me in and out of hospital, I didn't want anyone to suspect I wasn't fit and just get on with it, really. So, and that I guess, you know, I guess now I'm talking about it, I, I feel like I want to try and Um, you know I've worked with the diabetes charities now for 15 years and I read stories about people that have strokes and whatnot and I can relate and you know previously I haven't felt comfortable talking about it and now I do so if I can help a couple of people in the community then then it's a bonus but I'm under no illusions there's heaps of people worse off than me and and I'm just grateful that what I've gone through hasn't kind of prohibited what I'm doing moving forward.
2: Now what I took out of that grant was that clearly we're not in uh, JP's uh, little friend network uh, best friends i'm well, we hoping after the park <coughs> up podcast today we're, we're going to sneak in there
0: we're we're on a need to know basis and that uh, and i think that is perfectly fine and we thank no, you very joking. much jack for sharing that uh, for sharing that story and you're right. If it does help, you know, just one other person, then, uh, then, then I think you've uh, served your purpose perfectly well, um, mate. There's there's heaps going on in uh, the supercars uh, and motorsport, and when I say heaps, I mean absolutely nothing. We're absolutely <laughs> up. <laughs> I, was, it's, uh, I was wondering nothing, where
1: you are going with that. Ground. I'm thinking, uh, God, <laughs> if it keeps going on, I'm kind of missing out. <laughs>
0: now, now you won't you won't do selfies of uh, you know when you're laying in bed, um, you know, having a stroke or or whatever. But uh, you do do quite a few videos and and give the social world quite a bit of an update on where things are at in the Perkins Engineering world, and that looks pretty busy. So, um, you know, you've got restos going on. Uh, there's a, there's a Perkins engineering book coming out really soon. Uh, the PE 2.0 is really taking a, a life of its own.
1: Yeah, it is mate, And it's, it's kind of, um, it's all going along really well, to be honest. I mean, last year, when, uh, myself and Tara and my partner, we had a baby and we sold up in Melbourne and moved to the farm and, and kind of put a lot of energy into that. And then, uh, she's gone back to work um now in in melbourne so we're staying with mum and dad and kind of focusing now on working back here in in melbourne um whilst keeping keeping in, involved in our farm but our sort of crops all are in now and we're waiting for our barley to grow so um while we're back down here in lockdown melbourne we're essentially working on some of our tractors but in the in the middle of all that we're sneaking a bit of race car resto in as well um but uh you know, really enjoying the YouTube channel side of things. I'm Perkins Engineering. Just a lot of people in the restoration world kind of keep all their restorations real secretive. I'm not sure if they're hiding something or just don't want people to see how messy their workshops are. But <laughs> I just like yeah. the idea of being really transparent. Our, our, our restorations, I feel like we're setting a bit of a standard with how good they are. And I've got nothing to hide, you know, where we, we do everything possible to restore the car to as good a condition as it was when it was racing or if not even better when, 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 uh, you know, the original equipment's not good enough. So, um, I just enjoy sort of giving the fans a bit more and the feedback's been great. Um, both our Facebook and YouTube channels are going good. And I started to just flog a few t-shirts and a few other bits and pieces through there as well, which sort of helps pay a few of the bills, which is handy. Yeah, awesome. I
0: came in, I think it was last year, maybe during some of the, the initial lockdowns and, and did some video stuff with you for a third party, but you were showing the level of detail that you were going through with the 93 Bathurst winner, uh, the, the car that lp your your old man and and greg Hansford took that uh famous famous win and the level of detail that you were putting in was uh, was incredible you know finding finding rare photos that would help give you something extra to uh to, to make sure one little component was was uh, perfect or as, as close as you could possibly get does that and and the the your youtube channel stuff has really detailed that as well has it has it kind of helped drag you know more people out of the woodwork to, you know whether whether they're after one particular component for a Perkins Engineering Commodore, or you know they want to give you the whole car to uh, to to do a, a similar thing to their their machine.
1: Well, the the funny part of it all um, is when it first started for me because I was working as a sign writer in Queensland, working for Paul Morris, and then you know dad had sold to the callies and said you know why don't you come back to melbourne and give us a hand to move out of the sheds in Morabbin airport so i said yeah that no worries that sounds like something good and then i'll just go off and get a real job but i quickly worked out that um you know there's quite a lot of interest in perkins engineering they built 49 cars 198 engines so if you add up those numbers you, i mean there could be 200 odd customers out there so a lot of people that own cars and engines were kind of bit unsure as to what would happen for their future sort of customer service if you like and i said about kind of building a few relationships with a lot of the owners and it's just grown from there and i think um you know that that getting the reconnection with all of the owners kind of set off where i've taken the business now which is into the restoration and the remanufacturing and then the facebook and the and the, and the youtube has been kind of a a, a complement of that as well because When I started restoring the 93 car and the 94 car, I I knew I was in for a massive job and I know that I needed to set up a bit of a network to try and track down some rare parts. So that's why I set up the Facebook page. And now I think we've got 20 or 30,000 people that are enthusiasts. You know, I haven't bought followers. I just wanted to set up an old school notice board and say, Hey, I'm looking for new old stock headlights. And then someone from Goulburn or Perth or Darwin, you know, that's interested in what we're doing can kind of help us all out and everyone gets together. So, um, I feel like it's been a great kind of sounding board and people get really interested. And now, especially when people are stuck, locked down in all this current crap we're in at the moment, um, people can kind of see what we're up to and ask questions and kind of integrate, um, you know, with some of the projects they're doing in the shed. I mean, last year through COVID, I got so many people writing to us, coming, we build their engine or, restore their car or help them restore their car because there's no uh, international holidays happening at the moment so the um the toys in the shed are getting a bit of love at the moment which is kind of cool as well so it's just it's just cool having a bit of a network there and you know dad's been you know got a tremendous amount of followers there and it's just cool that people are interested in what i'm doing with with what he started
0: yeah cool cool now uh perkins engineering built 49 cars and they'll be chronicled in the, in the new book that yourself uh, and Aaron Noonan and his team at A&1 Media are currently putting together. I'll ask about that in a moment, but you built 49. What about number 50? Is there a 50th PE chassis to come? Well, and what would it be if there is?
1: Well, I, um, I thought like a while ago when the business was still going that we'd get to 50 cars and, and 200 engines but obviously it didn't. And then I thought a couple of years ago, I thought, well, we could build a TCM car and that could become 50 and then that would get engine 199 and then we could build a spare and there'd be 200 or <laughs> something like that. But I'm, you know, probably need someone with a heap of money to, to ring me and say, build us a car. And then that, would, that dream would come true. But um, that's kind of all it is at the moment, a bit of a pipe dream. But, um, you know, we've got um, four cars in the shop at the moment, three are Perkins cars, one's a Walkenshaw car, um, we've had some other Perkins cars in and out the door. We're helping customers in uh, Central Coast, New South Wales, Johnny Elcorn's restoring two cars. One's a Dyke Coke, Paul Morris, Perkins car, and uh, one's a Russell Ingle 96 VR Commodore. We've got customers running around in Perth with, with older cars. And so we've got people all around the joint. So so um, if anyone wants a 50th car built, give us a ring. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Perfect platform to uh, launch that 50th car.
1: Um <laughs>
2: Jeff, we we wanted to get your thoughts on uh I mean, you're you're so involved, or you have been involved in supercars for a very long time. Um, you were there when uh the the current supercar got released and Car of the Future and all that sort of stuff. We're about to embark on Gen 3. Um now we don't know a lot of information, but from what we're hearing, um, are you excited about Gen 3 coming out? Do you think it's gonna be great for fans?
1: Well, I yeah, I don't really know much about it I mean I'm not as heavily involved as I used to be um clear I'm just involved with Erebus as a, as a co-driver and um obviously working with Channel 7 and, and the TV guys but um from 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 what I understand it's you know there's there's plenty of good ideas but for me you know I guess um if if, if I was a team owner or if I was interested I'd, I'd be just wanting to make sure that it's cheaper and, and that the entertainment side of it is is as good as it can possibly be for the fans so i'm not going to buy into any of the, other, the sort of technical arguments of it all but you know someone asked me hey why aren't you running as a supercar team it's too expensive so why isn't perkins engineering or jack perkins or larry perkins running a race team it's too expensive um so if you don't make it cheaper then you know we won't be interested Um, and if you do, maybe we could be interested and I'm sure that's a conversation that many people in Australia would, would, would have. So hopefully, um, that's the, that's the outcome of the cars. They're they're a bit more cost-effective, um, and, and the racing is just, you know, on track is just superb. And that's, that's what all we can hope for. And, um, I sort of take my hands off the conversation and hopefully someone that's getting paid a lot more money than me can answer those questions and sort it all out. (laughs)
2: Now, uh, you're joining Erebus for the Enduros this year. Um, obviously, we're not going to get a lot of lead up to Bathurst this year, and we just all got our fingers crossed as co-drivers that Bathurst still goes ahead, and uh, we get to actually do some racing this year. You did do a race up in Townsville recently. Um, it was a little bit short-lived in one of the races there, but um, was it good to get your, your uh, backside uh, back in a race car? And uh, did you forget how to do it or to it come back all pretty quick?
1: Yeah, it was crazy when I kind of thought about it. It was the first race since Bathurst last year. So we we're in July and I mean, yeah, it was crazy to think it'd been so long, but uh, it was a bit of an annoying kind of situation in the end because, you know, I, I, I wasn't planning on racing in Townsville. I'd, um, we'd done a deal to drive a Walkinshaw car at Winton with Eggleston Motorsport and, and Brad Neal, who was racing the Bathurst, unfortunately um got got cancer and had to step aside and you know um we were going to keep his entry alive and and run that car at winton and um we tested and um i actually got robbie star from walkinshaws to come and run the car and tested really good and the car was really competitive and then Winton got cancelled and then we spoke about going to townsville and we didn't have a lot of spares for that walkinshaw car shock absorbers and little things like street circuits that you need a lot more spares from the curbs and and the obvious things, so we kind of didn't really get that happening for the first one and then they announced the second one and, and Eggleston had a spare car because Tim Blanchard was only going to do the first one and we thought well if this is the only race before Bathurst we probably need to kind of make it all happen so thankfully Ben and Rach Eggleston and, and Brad Neal and, and all the people that helped me get to Winton we were able to transfer the stickers over to the car and jump in that thing for one practice session on tim's old race tires um the following weekend and yeah it was just tough because we just didn't get the track time to sort of catch up to the kids that had been running around a week before and qualified sort of poorly and then raced poorly and got involved in a crash and then the car caught fire and then we wasted a lot of money fixing it and we spent an all-nighter and then uh, we got back out the next day and finished fifth so I mean, it was good definitely good to get back in the car but you know in hindsight it would have been cheaper to stay, stay at home. It
0: <laughs> would have been a, a lot less hot as well. I think uh, of, of all the memories that I can think of watching you, uh, uh, you know, jump out of the car and asking for some help, um, the one I think is you lifted up the bonnet and I'm thinking that has to be hot right exactly where you're standing. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was in the car, I could see a little bit of black smoke and I, you know, my first instinct is never to push the fire bomb because I mean, it wasn't obvious there was a fire. So I wanted to lift the bonnet and the bonnet pins had failed or sheared off anyway. So it wasn't like I went out of my way to kind of pry the bonnet open with a crowbar. But, um, you know, if the bodywork that was on fire was loose, I could have just pulled it out of the engine bay and chucked it on the bitumen and saved a $20,000 airbox, But, um, but uh, you know, and once I identified that the fire was the front of the engine, the fuel rail had crushed at the front of the motor and the engine was off. So the fuel pumps are off. So it would have been a hundred millimeters of fuel, if not 150 millimeters of fuel. And if I had a tea towel right there and then I would have put the fire out, but we were in between flag marshal points. There was no fire extinguishers nearby and petrol and carbon fiber don't kind of, um, well, they enjoy going together and, 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 and away it went. So, you know, the thought of ripping me race suit off and chucking my race suit on the fire would have probably done the job, but it was Brad Neal's race suit, so I didn't want to torch that either. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just a frustrating scenario. and It probably felt like a lot longer watching it all sort of burn, but um, apparently it was only 32 seconds or something, so so uh, it wasn't that long at all, but just, just, you know, never ideal, standing there watching something of significant value burning. Um, so it was disappointing, but, you know... It, It certainly was no one's individual fault. The the fireys, the flaggies, and everyone did the best they could do and and do a great job at all of our races. So it was never never anyone's fault, that's for sure.
0: Yep. Now, uh, like to escape that weekend with a fifth place, it must have been a nice reward. But obviously, the reason you did it was to get yourself right for a big race come the end of the year, Uh, usually October. This one will be... In November, of course, as you said before, you're teaming with Will Brown for Erebus Motorsport. They've shown reasonable speed and some pretty some some good consistency as well. Um, you know, maybe not as much as as they would have liked. What are you thinking ahead of this year's great race?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I I remember reading a lot of stuff late last year about Erebus and and a lot of the media were pretty keen to ride them off. Some of the other teams were pretty keen to ride them off. But when I spoke to Barry and sort of I think it was around about November last year and did a deal um, to do Bathurst. I, I knew for well. Cars were fast. Um, the team's ambitions and, and goals never changed and lo and behold, they got two rookie drivers in the top 11 in the championship. So um, I dare say a few of those uh, journos probably deleted a few stories or some comments, but <laughs> I mean, when you've got fast race cars and you've got, you know, a, a motivated group of people um, the last piece of the puzzle is just to get the, the the drivers and the cars to perform on a race weekend and when you're in that window you're in it and you know like Anton and and, and Reynolds were, were competitive drivers the last couple of years and you know they weren't doing it all themselves um so the team for me had no nothing to prove and I think they're showing this year that they've got good fast cars and you know I think it's impressive what both Will and Brody have been able to do um Brody getting the podium at Sandown and I mean, Will's probably impressed me um, a lot more in the last couple of rounds just with the consistency of being competitive. It's not flash in the pants type stuff. It's genuine top five, top six kind of speed. Um, So, no, it's really encouraging. And and Will's super quick at Bathurst. So is Brody, And I know the whole team's fairly motivated. And if you look back over the last six or seven years... um, E- Erebus about the only team that have been able to knock off DJR and triple eight. So I think, um, I think come Bathurst that, that, that they know what it takes to win. They've got those good walk and shore engines and, um, hopefully we can, like you say, get racing and get into 1000. Cause I think, we, you know, we're going to be pretty good. Hopefully.
0: Very good. Very good. And mate, uh, just, just lastly, not only have you do- dovetailed, uh, the, the your racing stuff and all your Perkins engineering stuff, uh, but you've been doing a fair bit of uh, TV as well, and and doing such a good job at it that uh, you know not only are you doing the ARG uh, stuff for uh, Tony's TCRs and uh, the S5000s and all of that, but um, the guys at Seven have picked you up to do all of their uh, all of their supercars events as well. So uh, that's it's a nice little uh, tick for you from uh, from the network to to have you involved will we see much of you with microphone in hand come the 1000 to sort of uh, give you something else to do over, over that big race weekend?
1: Well, I I am enjoying the TV side of it. I mean, I, I just like the sport. So I find, I kind of find talking about it and kind of trying to relay my experience and my understanding. I try and relay it in a way that, you know, a punter that's got no experience can kind of understand it. And, and with a, you know, I guess a bit of a, a younger outlook on it all so yeah I've, I've really enjoyed um not just the supercar stuff but obviously the arg stuff working with with the with the two teams has been great i mean there's some really good people involved in in both um categories if you like um and and kind of just really you know we were all just missing going racing but um i i wasn't able to go to darwin with channel seven i was meant to be there um but couldn't because of the victorian restrictions getting up there so hopefully mate when we get racing again and and those channel seven events um happen that that i I will be part of it um and uh yeah certainly be keen to be involved with the with the Bathurst side of things as well um as a co-driver clearly not always in the car so hopefully we can um be involved with the broadcast as well with Barretts and the rest of the team um so yeah looking looking forward to that but we, we spoke about it. i want to go back to the uh the perkins engineering book because young Tony <laughs> hang on Alberta, no free plugs
0: i'm hey, parked up thank you hang on wait, hey, wait, 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 for, the Alberta, hey. wait for the advertising wait for the sponsorship deal to come through
1: <clears throat> no sponsorship but Rowley, really, you don't make the book but td's in the book Having driven a perkins car with independent racing cars i've been quite heavily involved in in the um putting the together of the book the last couple of weeks and um yeah, beauty. Tony D'Alberto gets a run in there. In the, I didn't uh, even think, think of that. winds down the side of that rocket. Yep, yep. We had winds uh, and
2: Marty Brandt running the car. That was a bloody, it was a good car, actually. We, I drove it the year after
1: Paul. That's right, yep. Yeah. So Chassis 37, and you put me on the spot now because some of those cars I get a bit mixed up, but Chassis 37, and no, nah, it's been great, to be honest. That book's going to be really cool. So um, not to I'll have like to a shameless plug, out. but trying to integrate the uh, parked up podcast into the Perkins engineering book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, definitely looking forward to that. So uh, the book Jack will be available. When tell us.
1: Yeah. So we've been open for pre-orders for most of the year through, through uh, Aaron Noonan's V8 sleuth. So if you want to not miss out on a copy, jump on for for a pre-order. And then the book, hopefully um, if we meet our deadline for printing, it should be ready by the end of September, if not early October, we were meant to have a a launch and have books for sale at the original Bathurst date. So um, that's still going to happen for us in terms of, of getting the the books ready. Um, But clearly obviously with Bathurst a bit later on, they won't be for for sale at that event until that happens November, whenever that may be. Um, So yeah, jump on the sleuth website or hang out until Bathurst and LP will be there signing a few books, no doubt. Well, actually, they're already all signed. To be fair, they, he signed them all uh, already in, in the part of the production process. So you can maybe get him to personalize it for you, at Bathurst.
0: Awesome, awesome, mate. Well, we look forward to it. It sounds like a great book. Uh, glad to hear that you're uh, keeping uh, keeping busy during the uh, during the break. And, mate, really looking forward to seeing you back uh, back behind the wheel of a race car or a microphone, whatever the case. If either of those two things are happening, it means we're at a racetrack going racing. So that's the most
1: important thing. Good on you, boys. Yep, you too. Look forward to so hopefully seeing you next time at the racetrack, not on these computer screens.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Cheers, Jack. mate. Thanks. And we thank Jack for his time, of course. When you go and buy your Perkins engineering book at the V8 Sleuth website, there are five other books <laughs> that you can go and buy as well. I was going to bring it up with Jack, but I thought you would sledge me too much. But now that Jack's off the phone, there's five little kids books that you can buy while you're on the V8 Sleuth uh, page there. So you can pick those up um, on your, at the checkout.
2: At the checkout. Like well, I guess so. or, or... <laughs> no no well
0: you have to click the button checkout to, to complete a transaction don't complete your perkins engineering transaction without <laughs> buying at least one of those little kids books please
2: uh put him out of his misery folks and uh please buy all the books available thank you yes Just all of all of the books <laughs> empty
0: yes yes please Yes, please
2: Uh, do it. Very good to have Jack on the show. So, um, we learned quite a bit there, and it is interesting to know what he'd been through. And honestly, um, unless you were a close friend or family, um, they kept that very well hidden. So, um, and a a very traumatic sort of thing to go through. Um, But yeah, looks like things are all going fairly well. He's had to deal with quite a bit of health issues. over the years, with his diabetes, also. Yep. Uh, but it seems to be like he, he's dealing with it very well, and he's getting on with life. And uh, just like you and me, Grant, he could probably do with a haircut too. Yeah, he does have uh, he does have good hair.
0: He's got pretty good hair when he when he <laughs> when he dresses it all up. It's pretty good. It's not bad. He's got but a bit of it, got a bit of he's height to it. Yeah, well, mine is just just too long. I need to go get a cut. I might go see your mum is that okay yeah right yeah go for it mate great she's at home she's got nice biscuits she's always got nice biscuits oh grant would you like a cup of tea as well (laughs) fantastic way friendlier than when i go
2: to your house she does not cut my hair anymore so there's reasons for that grant right okay she can't can't see very well (laughs) okay (laughs) All right, cool. Um,
0: the Parked up podcast for episode 71 has been run and one as always, we're powered by race fields. We don't need that many race fields at the moment, but when we do need race fields, you will think of race fields. We know you will. We thank you for you. We thank Mark Tierney, Sean Scott and the team there for all their support and all of our other supporters. Tony D until next week. See you later guys.